We're in the book of Acts, the last chapter, chapter 28, and uh, we're going to finish this chapter uh, if it takes us all night to do it. Don't worry, it's not going to. There's 31 verses, and um, I've enjoyed our walk through the book of Acts, and we're going to go to the we're going to go to the city of Rome tonight. We're going to arrive. Remember, Jesus Christ said, "You'll be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world." And in Paul's day, the uttermost parts of the world was Rome. So the theme of Acts is from Jerusalem to Rome. Paul is consumed with the desire to go to Rome. And he has a great desire to go there. And so I, I just want to make a few introductions before we read. Get it out of your head that, that Paul's going to Rome to just die suddenly, to be killed. Now, he dies in Rome, but he doesn't die till long after. In fact, we don't have a biblical account where Paul died. But the historians tell us that Nero, the Caesar of that day of Rome, when Rome was burning, and of course the Christians got the blame for the city burning. I mean, no Christians get the blame for a lot of things. And Nero was very angry, and that was a time in which many Christians were killed. They were burned. In fact, Nero would, would soak the Christians in tar and set them on fire and light the city at night. That's how he made, lit up the city with Christians. And he would put them in coliseums and they'd be eaten by lions. It was during this time that Apostle Paul, historians tell us, was beheaded. And he was killed, according to history, by Nero, the emperor of Rome. But I want you to understand when, when, when Paul got to Rome, he was arrested, yes. He was under house arrest, yes. But according to the book of Romans and other writings, you'll discover that Paul got actually turned loose. He actually was acquitted because they could find nothing worthy of his death. And then Nero later on did kill him because he was a Christian. I'm glad that Paul didn't get killed because of some false accusation. If you're going to get killed, get killed because you're a Christian. Don't get killed because you're an idiot. Amen? <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. That's worth an amen right there. Open your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Acts chapter 28. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to read a few verses, give you the outline of this chapter 28. And uh, it says in verse 1, when, and when they were escaped, that's from the storm, the hideous storm, they knew that the island was called Melita. Now, in our day, it's Malta. It's called Malta. The barbarous people showed us no little kindness. In other words, they were extremely friendly. For they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain, because of the cold. They were drenched in cold water. I mean, they, they had just went through a shipwreck. So they were cold and they needed to be dry, needed to be ministered to. And so the natives of the island 
build a fire to warm them up. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, he laid them on the heat or on the fire, and there came a viper, a snake out of the heat, and fastened on Paul's hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped from the sea, yet vengeance suffereth him not to live. But Paul shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit when they looked, when he had should have swollen up and died or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they looked a great while, they examined him. They saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds and said that Paul was a god. Now, one thing I know for sure, I'm not a god because if I saw a snake, I'd be running. I want to talk about Rome, sweet Rome. Let me be seated. Rome, sweet Rome. I want to clear up some things about Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul had a great desire to go to Rome. It was like going to, for us little folks, it'd be like going to New York City. Be like going to San Francisco or Los Angeles. Paul wanted to go to a big city, not to see the buildings, but to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wanted to go to Italy, to Rome, because he wanted to, he knew it was heavily populated with sinners, and he wanted a shot at them. Paul had a great desire to go to Rome. Now, he was warned over and over again, don't go to Jerusalem, don't go to Rome, you'll die. But he didn't die in Jerusalem, and he didn't die at the minute he got to Rome. In fact, he got acquitted. He died later. Probably sometime around 65 A.D., Paul died. And historians say that he was, his head was severed by the sword of a soldier, a Roman soldier, and his head rolled off into a wicker basket. By the time his head bounced in the basket, Paul was in the arms of Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? I am grateful for the fact that we know where we're going. I, I've met some folks through the week that don't know where they're going. But I know where I'm going. And some folks think they're going and they're not going. Amen? And so we want everybody to go to heaven. Now, Paul had a great desire to go to Rome. His, his, his hunger was to go to Rome. And when he got to Rome, he was under house arrest. And most of what Paul did, he did under arrest in a house. Actually, instead of an ankle bracelet, he had a soldier chained to him. In our day, they put ankle bracelets on him and tell them they're under house arrest. And in Paul's day, they had a soldier chained to him. Amen? How many know that would be awkward for a soldier to be chained to you? But Paul had the liberty to preach the gospel. Let me show you what Paul said and his desire about going to, to Rome. Go to Romans, 
the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 20. We're going to read verse 20 and 23. It says, yes, so I have strived to preach the gospel. Paul is saying, I'm really pressed in to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, meaning he wanted to go to Rome, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But now, verse 23, having no more place in these parts, I've pretty much preached the gospel everywhere, having a great desire these many years to come unto you. So Paul had a great desire for many years to go to Rome. When he got to Rome, it was Rome, sweet Rome. Paul didn't, Paul didn't you know, feel like that he was under arrest. He didn't feel like that he was bound. Sure, he had a chain on him, and he was chained to a soldier, but Paul always felt the freedom of Jesus Christ. No matter what you're going through in life, you need to always feel the freedom of Jesus Christ. No matter what you're going through, feel that freedom that Christ gives you, freedom from fear of going to hell, freedom from fear of death, freedom from, from the agony of, of depression and discouragement. Lighten up. Jesus Christ has bore our iniquities and our sicknesses and diseases. Lighten up. Lighten up. Take that yoke upon you, that yoke of Jesus. Learn of him and find rest for your soul. Woo! Praise the Lord. Now, let me give you the outline of this chapter so we can move right along. And um, is anybody cold in here? Do you need to pull the air down? Somebody said they were cold this morning, and we don't want many, many cold and few frozen, but, you know, we want you comfortable. Not while I'm preaching, but comfortable, you know. So if you're, if, you're, if you're too cold, just go back and turn the AC. Or come up here with me. It's a little warm up here. But I'll give you the outline of this chapter 28. Uh, the snake of sin, verse 1 through 6. Healing revival, verse 7 through 9. Fun on the way to Rome. Verse 10 through 15. Rome, sweet Rome. Verse 16 through 22. Somebody's happy. Time to preach, verse 23 through 31. Amen? Yes. Now, we're going to look at this, and, and I'm going to go through it pretty quickly because um, I feel like there's some things that we need to learn. Uh, when they got to Melita or Malta, the island, they, of course, the natives build a big fire, big bonfire, and they're trying to warm up, and, you know, they've been spared. 276 of them survived. Some swam to shore, some rode on board to shore, uh, you know, but they made it. The ship was totally destroyed, but they made it. I'm told that on the island of Malta today, there is a museum with four anchors, and they're called Roman anchors, probably the same anchors that were left there in the ship that Paul 
was in Alexandria. Now, when they get there, Paul is busy. I mean, Paul, it, it wasn't beneath, his, beneath him to go gather sticks. Amen? I mean, he was willing to go gather sticks. He was a humble man, well, willing to go gather sticks. So he gathers sticks, but he gathers one of them that ain't a stick. Hello? Now, I don't know about you, but it just gives me the creepies to think you pick up a bundle of sticks and one of them is stiff as a board, but it's a snake and all it needs to be is warmed up. And Paul carries that stiff snake, drops it in the fire, and the snake says, I've had it with this bunch of people. Snake jumped up out of the fire, grabbed Paul's hand, sunk his teeth, his fangs into Paul's hand, and that snake said, I got you, you sucker. And Paul just looks at it and says, well, looky there. That thing hanging from my hand. And the natives are going, because they know that that snake is poisonous. By the way, on the island of Malta today, there is no snakes. But in that day, there was poisonous snakes, and the natives knew that it was poisonous. And the Bible says that they watched him a long time. In fact, the natives said, yeah, he got, you know, he, he made it through the storm, but vengeance has come upon him. The gods are going to kill him. He must be a murderer. Well, you know what's sad? Paul was a murderer. He was a murderer. But he had been covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. Been saved by the glory of God. He was a Christian. Amen. Every one of us in this room have a past, and thank God, I hope you were smart enough to come to Jesus Christ to get your past cleansed and purified through the power, the death, resurrection of Jesus Christ, that blood that takes away every stench of sin in your life. The fangs of sin has sunk deep into your body, into your spirit, your mind. The poisonous of sin the snakes of sin has sunk and pumped the venom of death into your body, into your mind, into your soul. But Paul stood there and just shook it off into the fire. You shook that snake off into the fire. And they watched him, the natives. This guy's got to swell up and die. And Paul just carries on. Nothing happens. And they go, oh. He's not dying. He must be a God. Wow. And when I was a kid, and I ain't been that long ago. Don't get don't give the thinking bad about me. When I was a kid, we used to have a lot of blue racers. Uh, we called them blue chasers. Not too far from the Stocksville's home and our home, there's a lot of them blue snakes and had the, kind of the orange or yellowish belly on them. And we called them blue racers. I think that was the name of them, but uh, my brothers decided they should be called blue chasers. Because them little rascals, when they see you coming, they would chase you. 
They would come out of their ditch and onto the road and chase you up the road. Man, I'm going. And they're coming after me. I run home and say, Dad, 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 a snake chased me up the road. Dad says, did it look, was it blue? Was it chasing you? I said, it was. He said, did you do anything to make him chase you? No. <laughs> and my dad told me, he said, what you need to do is when they're chasing you, stop. I said, are you crazy? Stop? Yeah. He said, if you'll stop, they'll stop. He said, I'll tell you something else, son. You can chase them. If you'll stop, they'll stop. And if they stop, then you can run after them, and they'll run from you. And if you stop, they'll stop. And if you run the other way, they'll run after you. And that was the most fun in my life, for a snake to chase me up the road and me chase it down the road and up the road and down the road and up the road and down the road. I don't think there's any of them snakes left around here, but boy, I sure do miss them. I'd like to see Judy run. <laughs> like for my grandchildren to enjoy what I enjoyed. Grow up in the moment. Amen? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'm going to move on. Paul didn't die because the blood of Jesus Christ had removed the poison out of his life. Look at verse 7. We look at healing, a healing revival. How many know we need a healing revival? We really do. In the same quarters, there were possessions of the chief men of the island whose name was Pibulus, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. Now listen, he made them a guest. He, he took care of them, 276 of them. Wow. This Publius is a pretty good guy. But his dad was sick of a fever. I think I mentioned last Sunday night that it was him that had the bloody flux, but it was his dad. And so Paul lays hands on him and heals him. Jesus heals him, by the way. And so this was done. Others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. They had a healing revival. I mean, now, we got some folks in our church that need a healing revival. Healing spiritually, physically. Uh, I've never seen so much cancer in my life. It's just everywhere. And we need healing in our people, whether it's cancer or whatever it is. And I mean, oh, God still heals. So I don't believe in healing. Well, if you believe God answers prayer, God heals. And I do believe it's in the atonement. I believe that by his stripes we are and were healed by the stripes and the blood of Jesus Christ. But verse 7 through 9, it talks about a healing revival. They just kept bringing their people. Pebulus' father was healed of a bloody flux. And verse 9 says, Others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. That's pretty cool. For three months, they had a healing revival. For three months. Look at verse 10 through 15. And how many would agree that a healing revival would be a lot of fun? Sickness ain't fun, but heal, being healed is fun, fun, fun. Right? 
If you ever had the flu very bad, you just had this feeling, shoot me. I just want to die. Sickness is bad. But when you start seeing people healed, it's fun. Amen? Amen. That's verse 10 through 15. Who also honored us with many honors. And when they departed, they laid on us uh, such things as were necessary. In other words, they had got another ship, Alexander, Andrea's ship from Egypt after three months. Notice they were three months departed in the ship, verse 11, uh, of Alexander, which had wintered in the Isle whose sign was Castor and Pollux, and landing at Cruz. That's not the Cruz you're thinking of. We tarried there three days, and from thence we fetched a compass. <laughs> Someone would say, compass? I didn't know the compass was invented yet. You're right. It wasn't invented yet. The Chinese invented it long after Paul. If they had some type of compass, it was very primitive. When it says, from thence we fetched a compass, meant they went a sure way. That's what it meant. They just went a sure way. What was the sure way? They came to Regnum, and after one day, the south wind blew, and they came the next day to Petula, Petulia, seven days, we were found, we found brethren, verse 14, we desired to tarry with them seven days, and so we went toward Rome. From thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far as Apaniforum, and the three taverns, that's not taverns what you think, those are resorts along the lake or the sea, rather, Mediterranean Sea, whom when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. Verse 16, Rome, sweet Rome. And when they had came to Rome, that's where Paul wanted to come to Rome. When they came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard, but Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with the soldiers that kept him. Paul had privileges. All the rest of them were shuffled into Rome. Some to die in the Colosseum, some to die to fight it out to death. Many of them prisoners were sentenced to death. And it came to pass that after three days, Paul spent three days in Rome assessing the harvest. He spent three days in Rome. Now, if you were lost, wouldn't you hate it to have been chained to Paul? Think about that. If you were lost, that's the last place I'd want to be chained to is Paul. But Paul won him each time. I love it. You know, you got a, a Roman soldier chained to Paul, and maybe he's not believing in Jesus, and maybe he don't even believe in God, and Paul just takes that chain and pulls him up. For, you repent and turn to Jesus Christ, and he runs and he grabs the chain, pulls him back, says, I'm telling you, get right with God. And the guy gets away, pulls the chain, pulls him up in his face and says, I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven. I don't know about you, but if I was that soldier, I would want to die. I'd get saved what I'd do. And Paul got a lot of people saved that way. He said, how do you know he did? Because you can read about Paul and know that he wasn't some wimpy thing. He's very busy. 
Three days, Paul looked, uh, looked it over. Paul called the chief of the Jews together, and when they were come together, he said unto them, men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, he called the Jews together in Rome, he said, I've done nothing wrong. The people of the customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of Romans, whom when they had examined me, would not let me go, because there was no cause of death in me. They, they, they should have let me go. They have let me go, but they couldn't. I had to appeal to Caesar. Look at verse 19. And when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar, not that I had ought to be accused my accused of my nation. For this cause, therefore, have I called you to see and to speak with you, because that of the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. And they said unto him, We neither receive letters nor from Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came showed um, or spake any harm of thee. But we desire to hear thee what thou thinkest. For this sect, that's speaking of the gospel of Christ, the, the life, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. Now, Paul is basically telling the Jews in Rome, have you heard of me? And the Jews in Rome says, yeah, we've heard of you. But we ain't heard nothing bad. Because we have received no letters from Jerusalem. We have, seen, we have received no accusations from the Jewish people in Jerusalem. We've heard of this movement. We've heard of this life in Christ. We've heard of this, this new sect. Well, we ain't heard nothing bad about you. I want you to know that there's people in this room, you think that everybody in the country has heard something bad about you, but it's not so. God protects his, his redeemed. That God protects his redeemed. A true Christian is not going to find fault with another Christian. I don't care what they've done. A true Christian is not going to condemn another person. If you're going to condemn another Christian that has tripped and stumbled along the way, you, you're, as, you're as bad as they are. In fact, you're worse than they are. You need to forgive. Amen. And these Jews said, we ain't heard anything bad about you. And Paul is going, Hallelujah. Cha-ching, yeah, we got this. And so he sets up a time to preach to them. They're willing to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 23. And when they had pointed a day, Paul got a, an appointment to preach to them. I love it. And here's how it went. Verse 23, this is time to preach. He's in Rome, time to preach. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many of him into his lodging, that's where he was under house arrest, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. He preached all day long. He preached from sunrise to dark. He preached the gospel. Verse 24, and some believed the things which he spoke and some believed not. Let me tell you, friends, don't be so worried about people that don't believe you. Don't be so worried about people that reject the gospel that you present. It don't matter. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Christ. It doesn't matter. Your job is to present the gospel. 
And Paul did, and some received it, and some didn't, but Paul just kept on shucking the corn, preaching the gospel. And when they agreed not among themselves, in other words, there was kind of a feud among them, they departed. After that, Paul had spoken one word, well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing you hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, their, their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes have been closed, they have they should not see their, with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and should be converted. I and I should heal them. God says they're, they're rejecting it. Be it known, therefore, unto you that salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. Isaiah saying, Jews, you won't hear it, but the Gentile will hear it. I'm one of them that heard it. The church hears it. And when he had said this, verse 29, these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house. What do you mean by hired house? He rented it. I don't know how he made the money, but he rented it. And I'm sure the soldier got disgusted with him building tents and received all that came into him preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidden him. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Paul led so many people in Rome to Jesus Christ. So how do you know that Paul died in Rome? Well, pretty simple. Historians say it happened, but he told Timothy he was going to die. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, Paul tells Timothy, For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Grecians to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark, John Mark, bring him to me, for he is profitable to me for the ministry." You see, here's what I want you to see about this story in the book of Acts. You know, we, we've anticipated preaching through the book of Acts, and we've looked at the beautiful truth of this book of Acts. But way back in the back of our mind, we're thinking, he's going to get killed the minute he gets there. And way back in our mind, we're thinking, Caesar's going to wipe him out suddenly. You need to understand that there were several years that Paul had the freedom to preach the gospel in Rome. Why? Because God's a good God, and God fulfilled Paul's dream. Paul's dream was to preach to Rome. His desire was to preach to Rome. He was faithful to preach it when he was chained to the soldier. I believe he was acquitted by Caesar, maybe even Nero. 
and he had the freedom to go where he wanted to go. But among those millions of people that were martyred during the reign of Nero in his latter reign, Nero was much worse in the later years. During that later reign of Nero, Paul was beheaded, according to historians. I want you to understand something. The devil will always try to scare you into thinking you can't do something for God. But you are indestructible as long as God has a plan for your life. Isn't that beautiful? Paul was indestructible. They thought he was going to get killed at Jerusalem. God had a whole army escort him out of Jerusalem. Everybody thought, you know, Paul's going to die the minute he gets to Rome. He didn't die the minute he got to Rome. He lived several years after that. And God let him fulfill his dream, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we went through the book of Acts. How many agree this is an incredible journey? I was listening to one preacher who had been preaching through Acts, and, he, and he'd, he'd been in the book of Acts for three years. And we haven't taken that long. But the truth is, there's no amen at the end of the book of Acts. There's no, there's no amen at the end of chapter 28. Why? Because you're chapter 29. We are chapter 29. We are the continuation, the gospel to the world. Isn't that beautiful? And so God has a job for us all. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if you didn't get anything out of my sermon but this one thing, you can get something done for God. And nothing will keep that from happening. Nothing. Because God is an awesome God. The providence of God is there. And, and Paul wasn't worried about who accepted it and who didn't. His job was to put it out there. It was the Father's job to confirm it. Don't be upset when you witness to someone and they say no. Let me say that again. Don't be upset when you witness to someone and they say no. Don't be upset when you witness to someone and they get mad. Be upset if you don't witness to someone. That's where you need to be upset. I mean, when I first became a Christian, and that's been not, you know, I'm still a young man. I felt that doubt wave just sweep across this auditorium. But I mean, when I first got saved, I said, God, I got to lead someone to Jesus. I just got to. And God said, well, just do it. And I said, well, I want to make sure that you're giving them the gift of repentance. I want to make sure that you're convicting them. I want to make sure you're drawing them. He said, stay out of my business. You just go share the gospel. I'll take care of my business. Your business is to tell everybody. And boy, I went out 
I, I never will forget the first time I went out, I went door knocking. Man, I got the door slammed in my face so, so many times. And I just, you know, I didn't know the scripture. I could shake the dust off my feet and, and go on and sing it. Hallelujah, you know, and sing glory to God. Uh, I'm just getting madder and madder. And every time I'd knock on the door, I'd knock louder and louder. And I knocked on several doors and I'm not interested. Words like, I'm Catholic. I'm Pentecost. I'm Baptist. Not interested. And each time I went to the door, I knocked louder. Louder, louder, louder. Guy comes to the door and says, hold on, you're about to knock the hinges off my door. He said, what's the big, big uh, problem here? I said, you're going to hell. <laughs> he said, what? I said, you're going to hell. He said, is the house on fire? I said, no, but you're going to hell. He said, how do you know that? And I said, well, the Bible says if you're not saved. He said, how do you know I'm not saved? And I said, well, I don't. Well, are you? No. He said, I'm going to hell. <laughs> and I said, you don't have to. Good news. I don't have to go to hell. I said, no, you don't have to go to hell. So would you leave my door alone if I'll listen to you? I said, I will. Shared Jesus Christ with that guy. He broke down and cried and sobbed and just, I mean, there was slobber all over his coffee table. He was crying and begging God for forgiveness. He said, oh God, I don't want to go to hell. I want Jesus into my life. He really got saved. And when I got ready to leave, he said, thank you for coming by. But he said, next time, knock on the door a little easier. <laughs> you know, it's true. God has to give you the gift of repentance. That's true. It is true that God has to convict you. That's true. It is true that God has to draw you. That's true. But how are you going to know who's getting drawn, who's getting the gift of repentance if you don't talk to people? Amen? You don't talk. Talk to people. Tell them about Jesus. Amen? I know Josh has had accounts where He's talked talk to people about Jesus, and they've told Josh, well, I've just been waiting for someone to talk, come and talk to me. Amen? Josh has several testimonies like that. Well, people are just waiting for someone to come and talk to him about Jesus Christ. Am I saying that you have to go out and knock people's doors down tonight? No. But I am saying you need to look for every opportunity to share Christ. Because somebody will hear you, and they'll be saved. Amen? Amen? Well, the phone ain't ringing in here. It's ringing in there. But anyway, <laughs> how 
How many glad that we got done with the book of Acts? Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, praise God. Stand with me. I'm going to get Josh to come in. See, I got done with chapter 28. You didn't think I would, did you? Amen. Those of you that bet money, you lost. You're totally lost. Well, I hope you wasn't betting money. But anyway, if you were, give me a cut. We went through chapter 28, and, and I, I was pretty thorough with it, really. There's a lot that I could have said. And, and I took a little more time about the blue chasers, the blue racers. Barbara ever had one chase you? There used to be a lot of them up there on that road up there, a lot of them. And boy, I tell you what, I would, there, there when I got, uh, you know, after I discovered they would run from me and, and then I could chase them and they'd chase me, I, I'd go out looking for them. And dad would always say, did you bother them? I said, yep, I'd bother them. Because that's what gets them chasing you. They chase you out of fear. And when you stop, they run out of fear. You chase them. There's nothing sweeter than chasing a snake that's running from you. Amen. I went to work with my daddy down on Pro Tem. Went down on Pro Tem. He's a sign man. He's putting up some signs. I went to work with him. I was just a little boy. And a big timber rattler went across the road. It was rattling. It, it, to me, I was a little boy. It was 100 feet long. It wasn't that big, but it was probably 10 feet long. It's big. It's huge. And I saw it. And it was going across the road and going, and I ran for it. My dad said, stop! And I stopped. And he said, son, that's a timber rattler. And you don't chase them. He said, when you chase them, you're looking for trouble. Amen? And I learned then, you don't go looking for trouble. You don't go looking for trouble. We're going to give an invitation, and I don't want you to looking for trouble. I want you to give your heart to Christ. Because when you, when you live in sin, you're looking for trouble. When you reject Christ, you're looking for trouble. And you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ. You need to ask him for forgiveness. You need to plead with him for salvation. And if you don't feel the drawing, you better beg God you'll get it. If you don't feel the gift of repentance, you better beg God that you'll receive it. Because you can't be saved without it. No man comes to the Son except the Father which sent Jesus draw them. You better make sure. And if, you, if you're drawn, if you're drawn, Jesus Christ said, I will in no wise cast out all them that come to me. But you've got to be drawn. That's why I'm preaching. So you'll be drawn. Josh, go ahead and sing. Or I'll, I'll, get, I'll get into Acts chapter 29. And we'll never get stopped.